Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. This episode of the Warriors Huddle is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, the Athletic Club Oakland, a local sports bar I f***ing love. Look. All of our social lives took a nasty hit during the pandemic. And one of the awesome things COVID stole was the ability to watch sports with friends. It's something I've loved my whole life. And good news, the Athletic Club has our backs and has given that right back to us. The ACO has shut down their entire side street, not some parklets. I'm talking about the entire side street created an enormous outdoor space, called that space the Town Gardens, and filled it with tables and huge TVs and their full complement of great food. It's big, it's comfortable, but maybe most important, it's a great spot to watch any and every sport with anyone and everyone you want to. The Athletic Club is now our go-to spot to watch all sports and with the NFL right up on the horizon, We hope you're going to join us there. In fact, if I see you at the ACO and you're in any type of huddle gear, beer, in fact, maybe beers on me. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans can be sports fans again. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in the Warriors Huddle with me, Bram, with me per usual, my boy and producer, Marcus. What's up, Dub Nation? And our master of all things sound, Maxime. How's it going? Gentlemen, I'm excited to announce it's been hell of long. Rejoining us, the Golden State B-Rider for the San Francisco Chronicle, a man who attends every single Warriors practice, press conference, shoot around and game. And a guy who was really excited to tell us how great he was at college basketball and trivia not five seconds ago, Mr. Connor Letourneau. What's going on, Connor? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> Let the record reflect. Marcus, Maxime, correct me if I'm wrong here. But, you know, we always get the guest on. We always get to talk to him for a couple seconds. We have an excellent relationship with Connor. I consider him a really good friend. And, you know, it's, it's normally a throwaway conversation. And today we do through that. And at the end of it, 
Connor throws us a softball. Basically, did you hear how great I am at college basketball trivia? Am I wrong to say that? Like, is that a mischaracterization or basically what just happened? I, I didn't word it quite like that. All I was saying is that I enjoy the trivia stuff and that if you guys wanted to do some sort of trivia, I would be down to do it. Because I'm so awesome at it. He did basically say that. So, I mean, we can tell Marcus he's a little defensive about it. And we didn't really get your response. Am I being hyperbolic here? Did he go out of his way to kind of say, hey, did you notice how much ass I'm kicking? <laughs> it was the, the end of the story definitely was like, wait, is that it? We're just talking about how awesome you are at trivia. <laughs> and Connor, you should feel good here because I asked the resident expert on our show of making yourself look really good. So, I mean, Marcus, are you pretty good at college basketball too? Do you have any stories about how you destroyed it in trivia somewhere along the line? I mean, obviously, we can talk about those later. Well, how about you and Connor can have a conversation that we won't tape that you'll talk <laughs> just how awesome you are. Uh, Connor, the intro I was going to give you just to kind of make up for the podcast that you and I recorded yesterday was Connor Letourneau, a man who does not, does not want to trade Clay Thompson for Damian Lillard. So I want to say that into this mic too, just, you know, to, to have a little clarity here. Yeah, I've been getting so much flack for that, and it, it's just another example. It's an it's like an extension of the 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 many times where I get tweets being like, "Hey, screw this article! You're so inaccurate about this." I'm like, "Did you? You obviously didn't read the article." And it's basically just the podcast version of that, where it's like, "Okay, well, you obviously didn't listen to the podcast if you're saying that I said that." So. Have you mentioned to any of those detractors how great you are at college basketball trivia? Because that might help them see the light, man. I, don't, I mean, I don't know. Just a, a yeah. random suggestion. I mean, it doesn't, you know, I, who cares about the quality of my work? If I, if I can spout some, some random colleges that athletes went to, then, then I'm, therefore I'm a legitimate NBA beat writer, right? Actually accurate. Boys. The Olympics, the Euros, baseball, major championships, and concerts are all in this summer. You know what isn't? A wild and hairy bush or dank, smelly balls. Good news. Our friends at Manscaped just launched their fourth generation performance package, which will make sure your below the belt is groomed and doesn't smell like hot death. Look, smelly balls is a no joke issue. I hate to even admit this to you, but one time I was going to a Cal football game. This was back in the day. I'm rolling with my parents and my little sister who was eight at the time. I'm sitting in the back. I'm minding my own business. And out of nowhere, for zero reason, my sister says to no one in particular, sometimes Bram's pants smell terrible. It was crazy, embarrassing. You do not want to experience this. Seriously, avoid my mistakes and grab the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. You'll not only get the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, you'll also receive Manscaped's Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, their Performance Boxer Briefs, a travel bag to hold your goodies, and last, but certainly not least for me, their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, the Lawnmower, and the Weed Whacker Waterproof, the Ball Deodorant and Boxer Briefs are top-notch, and the Performance Package 4.0 will give you everything you need to look and smell your absolute best, both above and below the belt line. The best part, if you enter FANSIDED20, that's F-A-N-S-I-D-E-D, the number 20 as a promo code, when you order at manscaped.com, you get 20% off and 
free shipping. Escape, ball smell, embarrassment, and join more than 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped to get them ready for a huge summer. Marcus, Maxime, so we haven't heard your guys' opinion on this. Connor and I, I was on Connor's podcast yesterday. I love that show, love being on it. Please check it out. And in that, we discussed a possible Lillard move. Um, are we interested? Who should the Warriors should include in a possible deal? The whole nine yards, all the angles on it. But I haven't heard what you boys think. Just real quick before we jump into the meat of this episode. MT, let's start with you. Lillard move, are you interested? And how much, if you are, would you suggest the Warriors go in for it? Um, I am not. I mean, I love Damian Lillard. Uh, he's from Oakland, and he's my favorite player not in a Warriors uniform. Uh, I just think his skill set is too redundant, and what wins championships is not what he brings to the table. We don't need another uh, scorer who can shoot as soon as you cross over half court. We have one of those. We need more depth and people who can help us out in our second unit. And I don't see slotting um, Lillard to, you know, coming off the bench. If Ubre won't do it, you know, Lillard definitely won't do it. So um, I, I just think his skill set isn't a strong fit for us. I mean, we would kill it uh, in the first quarter when we we're out there with it. You know, a starting three guard rotation of Steph, Damon, and Clay. But um, his defense isn't great. And I just think you add that to the mix of what we really need to be a championship contender. And I don't think he, he delivers those skills. I love this Zag opinion. This is the first time I've heard someone tell me, don't do it. Um, let me make it super simple so that we can see just how anti you are. Like this wouldn't happen, but let's say Portland calls up and says, give us Wiggins. That's it. Just Andrew Wiggins. We'll give you back Damian Lillard. MT, you'd still say no? Um, well, I mean, if it's just Wiggins, you know, obviously you have to think about it a little bit more. I don't think that would ever be the call, but I still think Wiggins defensively adds so much more that the balance out of what you get from Dame on the offensive end is worth considering not doing it. I mean, I, I, straight up Wiggins trade, obviously you're probably going to do it because his Dame is just um, uh, a great player and a lot better than Andrew in totality. But um, I still think Wiggins fits what we're, what we need a little bit more in terms of on the defensive end being a long lanky defender and he doesn't need the ball in his hands. Um you know, all the time to still get us uh, 20 points. Connor, I know your take. You and I have talked about it, but there may be some people listening who don't. What, did, having heard Marcus and where he's coming from on this, does that resonate with you at all? Do you think Lillard's a good fit to this roster? Um, I don't think he's an ideal fit. Um, I think generally speaking, you know, the more talent you can get, great. But you do have to think about fit and, um, you know, I think it, when you're talking about going after someone like Lillard, there's going to be so much interest in him that to even get Portland on the phone, you're going to have to put together a package of both lottery picks, Andrew Wiggins and James Wiseman, just to even get Portland talking to you. And that's a lot to give up for someone who uh, dominates the ball and isn't great defensively. Now Lillard, I think is a legitimate top 10, maybe even top five player in this league, but um, like Marcus talked about, his skill set is very, very similar in certain ways to what to what Steph does. And 
you know, to get him in the same starting lineup as Steph and Clay, you're probably asking Steph to play off the ball and you're asking Clay to move to small forward. And, you know, your, your backcourt defense is going to be pretty spotty and, you know, you're going to have to end up rounding out a good chunk of your rotation with that minimum guys. And so it's just a lot for uh, someone who's not the, a perfect fit lineup wise. And, and I, I talked about this the other day on my podcast, but I think that Andrew Wiggins is way over, way underrated uh, by people who are having these conversations throughout the country. I mean, we, we talk about Andrew Wiggins, like he's just salary filler. And I think Wiggins is a legitimate long-term solution for the Warriors at small forward. And I don't know what more the guy has to do to get our respect. I mean, he gave, he just provided the best season of his career played at a borderline all defensive team caliber caliber level defensively most efficient offense of his career um you know i i think he's a better fit for the word for what the warriors are trying to do than lillard now do i think he's the same caliber player as lillard hell no but fit matters we're seeing that right now with team usa I agree, as you know, because we talked about it yesterday. Maxim, I'm going to turn this to you in a second. What I'll add, because I didn't necessarily flesh this out with you, Connor, is I think Wiggins is primed to have an even better year than he did last year. And last year was a straightforward career year. Yeah. So, I mean, put really quickly, would I consider a Lillard move? Hell yes. Hell yes, I would. He's a top 15 player. You don't get a shot at a top 15 player. And if he's down, you consider it, especially because he's from Oakland. Also, you may have to match Brooklyn's firepower, and there's no easier, better, and more immediate way to add in that kind of scoring than someone like Damian Lillard. But everything you boys just said is true. And unless it's a scenario where Lillard has already made it clear he wants to come here so that the Warriors don't have to come that deeply out of pocket, I don't think they should make a godfather offer not with what it'll take to actually bring him in maxime close us out here you interested in lillard well so first i just want to check in we're talking about clay thompson from washington state and damian lillard from weber state right we are yes yes we are well i shouldn't be answering that though i shouldn't be answering that well let's turn to our college trivia expert (laughs) connor what do you think did he get that right it's called weber state but yes (laughs) Oh, okay. That was perfect. Go fuck yourself, Maxime. That's basically (laughs) what he just said. And he's not a champion for nothing. Yeah, uh, I've been put in my place. Um, But this is why Connor gets paid the big bucks. Uh, You know, I I, ultimately, I think everything that everybody has said has been litigated enough. I do think that some of the intangibles are worth paying attention to. You know, he's not just a top 15, top 10 player. Um, He's also a guy that has roots, obviously, very deeply in Oakland and is also such an incredible locker room presence. And I think if you're looking at shipping out Clay in order to bring in Damian Lillard, you're essentially completely reconstituting this roster. And so now when you have two guys that are, um, you know, that effervescent on the court, you're going to have all kinds of people lining up to join this squad because the chances of of making a championship run with both Damian Lillard and Steph Curry on the team... um, is extremely high. So, you know, I don't think that you're just looking at a, at, a, at a one swap. I think you're looking at a huge roster rebuild if you make a move like that. And I think it would look pretty good for us. And you make the uh, positional idiosyncrasies work when you have two players like that. 
two follow-ups and I'll save the most important one for a second. If I had more faith in Kerr, this would also be more of a no-brainer for me. Um, I love Coach Kerr. I think that he is one of the greatest to have ever done it. And I think he, you know, his position here in Golden State is very solidified and justifiably so. But we also saw last year that he's not that great when you change up his system. You know, we added in Wiseman and it didn't look like they were able to make the changes on the fly. So if I, you know, if I'm not positive that he can flip up what he does so well with that ball motion uh, offense, then I'm not super excited to make the giant changes that Lillard would probably require. But that's not the most important thing. Here's the most important thing, Connor, and it's towards you. So, like, secretly, dude, you know this. I have competition problems, and I bring that to each one of these podcasts. And one of the things I'm kind of doing internally as the show rolls on is keeping track of what I think is the best line. Something funny or insightful, something. Let me go ahead and say the, no, it's Weber State, best line of today's (laughs) podcast, dude. Like, there's just, we're not going to, we We've already hit the high point. I'm kind of resentful of that, but nicely played by you. Thank you. Thank you. I, <laughs> you know, I just gotta, I gotta, I gotta get people correct, you know? <laughs> Let's jump into our main topic. Here it is. So last week um, I was talking with Wes and we started this ring chasers list and the idea is pretty easy, right? We went through a couple of years where veterans sure as hell weren't looking to come to Golden State. But after last year, after what Steph did, after Clay is coming back, after how open the West is, there's a reason to believe that we're going to be back on the Mark Gasol's list, that list of veterans where if there's a player out there who has not yet won a ring or wants one last taste of success, then they will consider coming to Golden State for less money than they would take anywhere else just to actually chase that option. Yeah. And last year we chased down names like JJ Redick and uh, Kevin Love and even Carmelo Anthony this week. I've got five more names for us. So here's what we're going to do, boys. We're going to ramp up. I'm starting with the name I'm least interested in. We will end with the name I'm most interested in. And on the way, I got two questions for each name. Would the player be interested? Could we get this dude to take less to come to Golden State? And then if the answer is yes, would the Warriors be interested? And because I like to throw in a little bit of nonsense, we won't do it all in order. I'll throw in some random personal questions as well. Here's our first name, and it's the guy who I'm least interested in, but still would be a good addition. It's Evan Fournier, the guy who was traded out of Orlando, found himself in Boston last year. Kind of a swing man, um, been in the league for a while, doesn't have any titles, not necessarily a hell of a defensive player, but would be scoring pop off the bench and would be a pretty good addition, I think. So let's start with player-wise. Do you think, in his heart of hearts, Evan Fournier would be interested in joining the Warriors for less money that he can get somewhere else? Uh, Connor, I'll throw it towards you. What do you think? Um, probably not. Um, I, I just, I don't, he doesn't have a reputation as being someone who's, uh, all about winning. Uh, he's kind of at times in his career been an empty stats guy, but I don't know the guy personally. Um, maybe he's trying to shed that label. Um, and you know, maybe he sees the, the warriors as, the, the best opportunity to do that because he could probably step in with the Warriors right away and be a key player off that bench, be a legitimate six man. Um, so it's hard to say, but I'm going to lean toward he he wouldn't. Um, partly, too, because I think he's going to get a lot of good opportunities still. 
in free agency and and uh i think i think he's gonna end up taking more money elsewhere what college did evan fournier go to he's from france he didn't go to college trick question you're still on fire my friend we'll throw you off at some point um i have the same feeling on evan fournier as you do and i don't know why the the he should be the kind of guy who would consider it he's been in the league long enough where he's made money he hasn't had any success the the trip over to boston was kind of a flame out so maybe he'd be looking for reasons to revamp his image and his career but and this is more of a feel than fact based but i don't i do not think that fournier is ready in his life to take less money mt do you agree i do i don't think i don't think he'd be interested i think he is going to look at teams that feature some of his um, national team players. So he's going to try to see if he can somehow get on the jazz and play with Gobert or, you know, join the Clippers and play with um, Batum, assuming he stays. So um, I don't think he's the right fit for us. And I don't think, I think he sees that and wouldn't be interested. We won't even go to the Warriors side. Let me give you another name. Wesley Matthews played for the Lakers last year. Shooter name we recognize. We've seen him in Portland. You know, we we need shooting. He's kind of late in his career. There's a reason why he's this early in my list. Um, but I'll, let me keep the mic, MT. Wesley Matthews, and this is the player's perspective. Do you think we could interest him in taking less money and coming over here for a title run? No, I think if he's going to do that, he's going to stay with the Lakers. <laughs> I'm going to go the other way. I feel like he was not, he wasn't disrespected and it's not like I've spoken to him, but watching the way that the Lakers season played out, you know, he was one of those goods who I think LeBron has turned on in his mind. You know, LeBron's the kind of guy where if things don't play the way he wants and, and is now reconstituting the roster this year to make a run. I don't think Wesley Matthews played that well. I don't think he stepped up and I can see LeBron not being interested in, in bringing him back. So I don't know if he can stay there. So because of that, I, I do, you know, we, we've already seen him take less. That's what he did in LA. And I think the Warriors could pursue him and maybe talk him into it. Uh, Max team, where are you on Wesley? I mean, I, you know, he's come up in these conversations before, um, you know, and I think he'd be a great fit for the squad. Uh, I did read, I think that, you know, he said that he wants to run it back with the Lakers. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if he does to Marcus's point. Connor BR uh, is not even tiebreaker. Hopefully you're supporting me to create a tie, but how do you feel about Matthews? Can you make less than the vet minimum? I mean, he he was not good uh, last season with the Lakers. I don't think he warrants more than the vet minimum from anyone. Um, so, yeah, that's where I stand with him. I mean, if, if you could sign him on for a vet minimum, if you're the Warriors, I would I would think about it. But um, he's not the player he was just a couple of years ago. You know, he he's been mentioned a lot almost every year it seems as a potential buyout guy or what have you for the Warriors and for a while there I was thinking yes yes he'd be great he'd be great and at this point based on what we saw last season from him I really think that he's well past his prime I'm not sure he's a super helpful NBA player he's moving much slower since the since he's had a couple knee injuries and you know he used to really hang his hat on defense and I think um I think it's gonna be hard now and it could be argued, just saying, that if LeBron doesn't like him, that Draymond wouldn't approve either because he had that stupid flop when we were playing for the seventh seed that got an offensive foul called on Draymond, and it was the reason why we had to go play Memphis twice. So um, I think Draymond would nix it too just for that reason. 
Matthews also kind of had a shitty stop in Dallas where he looked like the you know corpse of his former self. So one season is one thing, multiple seasons looking like your career is over is another. Connor, wrap this up for me. Um, you've already suggested that they wouldn't be interested in Matthews. You also said Fournier wouldn't be a good fit. But if for whatever reason we're wrong on Fournier, he decides F French players, I would like a title and Golden State's where I want to be. Would the Warriors be interested in him? I think so. I think so. I, they 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 need a bit more of a scoring punch off the bench. I think that we saw nice flashes from Jordan Poole, especially down the stretch of the season. But I'm personally not 100% confident that Jordan Poole can be the unquestioned sixth man of a winning team next season. So I think it'd be nice to have a little bit of a, a safety valve in someone like Evan Fournier. And you can kind of pair him in that second unit with – uh, with Jordan Poole. Um, and I, I would love to have that, especially if it's affordable. So I, I like Evan Fournier. I think he could fit a role. And even though his numbers weren't crazy good with uh, Boston last season, he was pretty efficient in shooting. And I thought he was a helpful player for them. So um, I like him, and I, I would definitely sign him if he was affordable. Do you trust Jordan Poole in a playoff game right now? I mean, it, you know, obviously it, it's complete speculation. We don't know, but he had one hell of a run to end the year. And in those games that mattered in the play-in tournament, he showed up. So based only on what you've seen, Connor, it, as we sit here today, do you trust Poole to be a, a six-man in a playoff setting? Not yet, just because the, the body of work isn't there. Um, the thing that makes me optimistic is definitely what you touched upon, the fact that he played some of his best games in the highest stakes games. He was one of the Warriors' best players in that elimination game against Memphis. Um, but my issue with Jordan Poole is that he's still relatively inconsistent offensively, and then when he's, his shot isn't going in, he hasn't proven he can help you win. Um, he's still kind of a one-dimensional player. And uh, that's why I don't feel comfortable going into next season with him as the unquestioned six man. I think he's proven he can be top eight, top nine rotation guy, but uh, that six man title, I don't, I don't think he's deserving of that quite yet. Yeah, I'm with you on that, man. So I'm, I'm, you know, let's hedge this. I'm really excited about Jordan Poole, the ceiling, who he could be, what his future means. Like, I believe in Jordan Poole a lot. I also noticed that a lot of his success during the regular season came on transition, right? I mean, and that works perfectly with the Warriors offense. But what changes in the playoffs? Everything slows down. you got to grind for every possession, every single point. And until we've seen Poole succeed in that environment with that stress, I don't know. I'm a little bit worried, which is what makes this list so important, right? So I got some more names for you, but some nonsense first. Boys, Space Jam 2 is coming out on Friday, and it's the perfect excuse for this question. What athlete has had the best performance in a movie in your mind i'll give you some nominees but you're not constrained by this list if you have some other people feel free to throw them in here here are the people i would suggest uh we pick from Shaq for his work as neon boudreaux and blue chips ray allen as uh, jesus shuttlesworth and he got game jordan in the original Space Jam, this is probably our favorite, Airbud for his phenomenal work as Airbud in Airbud 1 through 19. And then finally, LeBron, and this one hurts me, but LeBron in Trainwreck, where he was actually really good, like surprisingly good. So those are our nominations uh, to give you boys some time to think. I'll go first. 
I got to say Jordan deserves some credit in the Space Jam shit. Not because it was a good movie and not because he was in particularly good in it, but because that was like real early green screen work, right? Like we're not talking like Marvel Universe. This was way back in the mid 90s when people weren't really doing green screen. And what that means is that Jordan spent a bunch of time by himself, probably talking to puppets and the performance he was able to do, despite being surrounded by puppets, I'm impressed with, but he's not my winner. My winner, it's got to go to Ray Allen, right? I mean, Jesus Shuttlesworth was a real character. He was in the entire movie. We're not talking about just a couple of lines or anything like that. So my best acting award with all uh, apologies to Air Bud goes to Jesus Shuttlesworth and my guy Ray Allen. Yeah, no, I I uh, I loved Ray Allen's performance in that movie. Let, let me just go on record and say I'm a little biased because that's actually one of my favorite movies. I think it, it's definitely my favorite sports movie of all time, um, and it might be a top five movie for me all time. Um, and it's cra- you know it's crazy to me to, to think that Ray Allen did that movie and 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 i thought did a superb job in a leading role in an all-time classic and then never acted again like it's the ultimate one-off performance ever i mean it's it's it kind of blows my mind um he i think he was just perfect for that role i don't i don't think he was necessarily a super skilled actor but he just fit that role so well um so i'm gonna give it to him but i think I think runner-up for me has to be LeBron and Trainwreck. It was a pretty small role, but... He's good, right? He's he was funny. Like the best part of that movie. Yeah, uh, was. That wasn't even really a great movie, but <laughs> he every time he was on the screen, he just like captivated you, and, and, and the writing was great for his role, and he just killed it. And so um, it was kind of a, a pleasant surprise. So I would give that uh, runner-up. He was super comfortable. Like, I would imagine that if you put me in a movie, you know, because I don't, I'm not an actor. So in the, the similarity I would have is you're putting me in a new profession. How the hell would I do with it? I would come off as so stilted and so canned and be so obvious that I was like reading from a teleprompter. He came off as so natural. I mean, it sucks. You know how frustrated I can be with LeBron, but he deserves, he deserves some credit there. Uh, Marcus, who you got? Yeah. And just side note on LeBron, I think one of the reasons why he, did so well in that movie is because it was written to kind of fit his personality. I remember a story it was like him, right? Didn't yeah, he play him? Yeah. And Dwayne Wade was saying like, he really is really that cheap of a person, even though he makes hundreds of millions of dollars. Like <laughs> Dwayne Wade told a story of how he was listening to music. He was at LeBron's house and they were playing Spotify and commercials came on and he was like, dude, you have enough money to buy a like legit account. You do not have to use the free trial. And LeBron was like, no, I'm not paying for that. <laughs> so um, I refuse kind of- <laughs> to slowly like LeBron. So I'm going to need you to like ditch all of these stories. <laughs> yeah, like, so far, he's now established himself as my favorite actor and an incredibly cheap person, which I can associate with. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go a little more obscure for my two. Uh, my runner up is going to be Bubba Smith from the police academy movies <laughs> he was a football player and police academy movies are just great they're they're not amazing feats of cinema but um i grew up on them so they were just 
my favorites and you know he he was great in them um but my favorite athlete before you say it let's let's ramp up to it of the three things you just said that bubba smith was in those movies those movies was great (laughs) and he was great in them one of those things was true and i'll let you i'll let you figure out which of the one was definitely accurate who's your main guy it was he was great in it. The yeah, one. okay. <laughs> and my favorite one is little known fact: Apollo Creed, the original one, Carl Weathers was actually played football in Canada. And I saw a little documentary about him, and um, he's a professional, was a professional athlete. So um, I think he just did great in Rocky movies, and um, Rocky Four is still one of my favorite movies because that is Ivan did to, to Apollo. An, so um, such an annoying answer. He's not an okay, Connor. You're he played res- professional football you're in Canada. Resident, that counts, Connor. You're a resident trivia guy. This strikes me as like that super annoying person who's like showing you knowledge that we don't need. I mean, he understood where the question was supposed to go, and he gives us some Carl Weathers knowledge. What do you think, dude? Within the rules here, or being a little bit too smart for the question? Hey, I, I, I think I got a little bit of that in my game too. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna let it slide right now. I asked the wrong fucking person. Weber I State, said, exactly. I said, yeah, I mean, I like. How did I not see that coming? <laughs> Unbelievable that I was stupid enough to throw that softball towards Mr. Laterno. Maxime, we need both your response, and even if it's a lie, you saying that what Marcus just did is unacceptable, and we do not accept that answer. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm staying out of this dog fight. Uh, um, what do you mean? Does yeah. anyone understand? We don't this this podcast we don't stay out of dog fights dude you're gonna need to start having opinions i'll let you out on this one but the next one you better shit house marcus listen i'm just still kind of shook that marcus is over here calling out weaver state um i thought we were a team marcus this is rough yeah well i gave you an opportunity to hit him back and you're telling me you won't <laughs> enter the fight dude so too bad for you <laughs> i i uh, i feel like mcgregor getting my leg broken you know in the first round it's just shocking <laughs> was uh, mcgregor in a movie somewhere that you're gonna tell us about <laughs> no I don't have that kind of knowledge, but uh, I will say I, your your comment about Jordan and the green screens reminded me, um, Marcus Johnson, the color commentator and previous Bucks player for the Bucks, um, was on the low post a, a couple games or a couple weeks ago, and was talking about how he actually was given an opportunity to be one of the monsters um, in the original but turned it down when he found out that he had to wear a full green suit. So, you know, I mean, it's a little bit different because obviously um, Jordan didn't have to do that, but I still think that was seen in general as just like a ridiculous thing to do. So the fact that not only was he doing it in the early time, but making it look pretty good, I think you got a point there. That's pretty impressive. Um, In any case, I want to call out another sort of random one. Um, It's also from Blue Chips, which is uh, Bob Cousy going 10 for 10 from the line, you know, like that's pretty impressive, especially when, you know, he's in slacks and a dress shirt uh, and is definitely already retired from the league. So I think waiting out, you know, the importance of his game in the era that he played and then coming back and still being able to to show up like that, I'm giving it to Bob Cousy. So supposedly, I also have a weird fascination with blue chips. Um, And I read some oral history where they said that wasn't even in the script. So the scene that Maxime's talking about, Bob Cousy, I think, plays the the GM or the academic director, the AD of the school that everyone's playing at. 
and he's meeting with Nick Nolte and they're just supposed to have some scene in a gym where they're having a conversation about maybe Nick Nolte's shadiness. And during it, Kuzi picks up a ball and starts shooting free throws. And I, I, I guess there's 10 of them. I don't remember how many there was, but he doesn't miss one. I don't think he touches rim once, which was really impressive. I'll give you guys one more. I had forgotten to include him and we'll get back to Warriors names, but it's Marcus Johnson in uh, White Men Can't Jump. Oh. Do you remember that scene? There's a scene where a guy says, um, and I forget the setup to it, but he goes, look, I'm going back to my gun and I'm coming back here and I am shooting all of y'all. That was Marcus Johnson. And he was phenomenal in that role back to real uh, name. So I got a couple more ring chasers. here. He was no Bubba Smith. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. You mean he was capable of acting in a movie that most people have actually heard of? I mean, Police Academy was terrible, dude. I'm just going to go ahead and say those were terrible. There movies. were six of them. It can't be that bad. Uh, Air Bud had like 19, man. Apparently you don't remember just earlier in this conversation. Two more names. And these names are more exciting, maybe less realistic, but let's find out. Here's the first, Mike Conley. So we know who Mike Conley is, and we also know what happened in Utah last year. Mike's a hell of a player, and he's in that exact portion of his career that we're talking about. Has not yet had success has already made money, probably wouldn't mind a ring on his finger to justify everything he's done so far. So our first question, what do you consider it? Connor, we'll go to you first. I don't think so. Uh, I think he still wants to be a starter, and I think he'd be a starter on, on most teams in the league. And so, you know, when you're fresh off your first career all-star appearance this late in your career, you don't necessarily want to regress right away. And, uh, you know, he would not have a featured role on the Warriors. He'd be, you know, a really nice leader of the second unit, but that's kind of all he would be. And I think he still has a lot left in the tank and can do a lot more for another team. So I don't think it makes sense for him to come to Golden State. We'd have to know more about Utah. I am hoping, I mean, we, we joke all the time, not even joke, we point out and then quickly move on how probably racist Utah crowd is, right? And what it means to live there. I, there's been no suggestion that Mike is anything but happy in Utah and they have unfinished business there. So there's a reason why he'd stay and he also fits the way that you just said. But if there's some nastiness, you know, if if he didn't necessarily enjoy living in Mormontown, if if there was anything that maybe was outside the bounds as far as racial taunts are concerned, then, I, you know, I think you'd at least get his attention. And if he's willing to sit behind anybody on earth, it would be Steph. And we'd still get him some real minutes. You know, maybe maybe we offer him a position in the death lineup. It's not who starts, it's who finishes games we could put him at. So I, I think there's a pitch you can make, but after all said and done, I think he probably still says no. I think you're right, unfortunately. Does anybody think he would say yes? Maxime, Marcus, could we talk him into it? I don't think so. I mean, even he doesn't even feature in the death lineup of the Jazz, so I don't think he would crack our death lineup. Um, but I, I agree with with Connor. I think at this point he's going to try to maximize his All Star appearance, and for the Warriors too. I think we won't really touch on it if we're all saying no. But um, his inclusion and in his minutes would come at the expense of our likely seven pick Mitchell, right? So. Um, we would have to factor that in too is do we want to 
give him less minutes and let him go try to learn in Santa Cruz because Mike Conley is going to obviously get yes. the minutes over him. Yes, yes, we would. Uh, you know, I mean, we're not talking about if it's like Kuminga or somebody, if we get lucky and it's someone we need to immediately develop, then I think that'd be more of a question. But if we're talking about Davion Mitchell versus Mike Conley, I'd be fine with Davion taking a backseat. But it doesn't sound like we're going to have that clusterfuck to worry about. Um, I think we're going to run into a similar answer with this guy, but it's a name I'm kind of excited for. And if we had thrown it out three, four months ago, I wouldn't have been excited at all. After the playoffs, he has my attention. The name is Blake Griffin. Connor, you interested? Not really, to be honest with you. I I know he looked uh, impressive in the playoffs, especially after he was so epically underwhelming in Detroit. Uh, his last season or two there. But uh, I don't think he's a great fit for the Warriors. Um, I don't think he, would, he wouldn't start for the Warriors. I don't think he'd be happy about that. Um, so, no, I, I don't see him coming. And I, I don't see the Warriors really feeling a huge need to bring him in. Would the Warriors be interested in Conley? We didn't get to that second part. I, I remember what we said, that they're probably not even going to be asked. But if he was an option, do you think they would uh, they'd look into it? I think so. I mean, he's a he's a he's a really solid uh, veteran point guard who is a quality dude. And if you can get him at an affordable rate, of, of course they'd be interested. Any team would be, but uh, I just don't think that's happening. Uh, I think they'd be more interested in Conley than Griffin. I can't see that makes perfect sense to me too. Although, if if Blake's athletic resurgence is real. I think the Warriors would be interested in anyone who could kind of help protect the rim and and add additional rebounding, right? Um, but I don't know how you get him interested if he's already chasing a title on the current title favorites. And I would imagine he made some relationships in Brooklyn that went really well. Talk about unfinished business there, you know? So I, I don't know what it would take to get him out of there, but I don't think um, the Warriors have any real shot at him. Any of these names interested interesting you, Maxine? Um, do you think they have a shot any of these guys it, i mean I, I you know i'm not so sure about if they have a shot i defer to connor there but um i actually over the course of of you bringing up blake griffin's name i've kind of sweetened on him as a thought you know i was just reminding myself that uh the times that they matched up against Giannis, um he had that defensive assignment sometimes and i think he did all right you know, um, I think it, it indicates, you know, as, you know, I think he's 32. So on that side of your 30s, um, you're probably good for more like 16 games than 82. Uh, and that's exactly what we're looking for. I think we have a need at the five that he could fill for some key minutes. Um, maybe not for, for long stretches, but I actually think that there's a pretty nice space for him on our squad. I got one last name. It's the one who I think is maybe the most realistic. And it's one we've heard a lot, but I'm going to leave it as a tease so that we can do one more nonsense segment and then we'll turn back to that guy. So nonsense segment requires a little bit of background. Uh, Over this last weekend, I saw a friend I hadn't seen forever. It's somebody I went to high school with. And when we went to high school, we both went to Skyline. And at Skyline, there was a group of people who were like, 
crazy interested in their uh, academic future. The type of people who were pursuing, you know, maybe an Ivy League education. And then there was the rest of us, right? And it wasn't a big group, but they certainly were out there. And we were always kind of aware of them. You know, I say we, those of us who were destined to not go to Yale or uh, Harvard or any of the other spots, I knew the people who were trying to get into those schools, but I didn't necessarily interact with them. And at the end of senior year, there was a scandal amongst the academic group. Two people who had always been in line to head towards some big muckety-muck school got accused of and then actually were found guilty of cheating. And it was this thing we joked about. I mean, I've, I've been talking about it for 20 years. It's been forever. Well, over the weekend, boys, I brought that up with this uh, friend of mine. And she said without hesitating for a second, oh, shit, that was me. I knew that they were cheating. I turned them in. And the thing that really stuck with me is that she was not embarrassed by it at all. You know, like she, she, she didn't shy away from it. She was proud. She was still angry that those people had cheated and she wanted desperately for them to feel the consequence, right? So there's our backdrop. Here's the actual question. For us, the people on this phone call, have any of us ever turned anybody in for anything? I don't mean like a crime. I don't even mean like cheating. I mean, have we ever just been the person who dropped a dime and to make it entertaining? We are going to guess before revealing. So start with me, boys. Do you think at any point over my life I have ever tapped somebody? You know, I, I, I told on them in some way, shape or form. Yes, uh, just because you're a hyper competitive person, and I think that you would take any opportunity to get an to be, get get an edge over someone. So if it meant you know calling the teacher's office on someone, I think you would. I don't think you're above that, Marcus. I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say growing up in Oakland, you you learn the snitches get stitches motto, <laughs> and um, I think your personality. I think. Any time that that situation would have come up, you would have thought to tell on that person after the fact, more so than during the moment. I think afterwards you would have been like, oh, I should have done this. But during the moment, you didn't do it. Maxime, close us out. Isn't this your job? I mean, what are we talking about here, right? Aren't you like, hey, look, this guy did this thing that was wrong. I'm pointing it out to a bunch of people, right? Isn't that the definition of your question? Uh, no, I don't mean if I ever brought a lawsuit against somebody. Ah, oh, well, uh, I, I don't know what to tell you. I still feel like this is in your nature, so. Fair enough. The answer is yes, and it kills me to say yes, although um, it was only recent. So let me address what was thrown out there. Connor, you are right enough about me being competitive, but not to the point where I'd like call somebody out, you know, like I wanted to beat you on a test. So I called up the teacher to say that they were cheating. I wouldn't do it in that context. And Marcus, you're right too. You know, the, the general setting in Oakland and kind of the, the lessons I learned going through the Oakland public school system, nah, you never throw anybody under the bus, right? But this last weekend, after decades of life, I finally did for the first time, dude, and here was the setting. I flew. Um, I was flying back from Austin, Texas on Southwest. And the people behind me, the guy who was sitting in the middle, wouldn't put on his mask. 
And it was this kind of passive aggressive back and forth between the passengers again behind me. They were asking the guy to do it and he was giving them Trump language and steadfastly just refused. He wasn't going to. And instead of getting involved and instead of doing anything with them, I calmly pressed my, uh, my, my call button, you know, that brings back the flight attendant and just let them deal with it. So like I, you know, normally I'd feel bad about this. That dude got kicked off the plane because they continued to refuse to put it on. And I don't know if I've ever, been prouder of anything so on the off chance that that dude is listening yes motherfucker it was me put on a mask that's on you you're disgusting and i'm glad you got kicked off so it has happened i don't know you know both fortunately and unfortunately uh, let's turn to maxine because the last time we did one of these i realized that we did not actually judge maxine so marcus why don't you start us off what do you think has he ever dropped the dime I'm going to say yes, but unintentionally. Oh, that's a great response. Connor, you guys are like best friends now. And I've told you I'm, I'm jealous of the relationship you guys share. What do you think? Has, has Maxime ever, ever told on anybody? I don't think so. I don't think so. I just don't get that vibe. I'm going, I'm, I, I wish I had thought of it. I'm going with MTs. I don't think that Maxime ever would do it on purpose, but I think it's kind of like his cheating answer. I think it has happened. He didn't intend for it to do it. And he's going to give us some hedge about why it wasn't really him dropping the dime. Maxime. Wow, wow that's the, you did an incredible job there, right? Because now I don't want to continue to be the hedge guy, right? <laughs> um, so, but, it, but I actually, I'm going to come out and say it. Uh, it happened once in middle school. Um, I still kind of regret it. Nothing serious happened. I just, uh, I was in one of my least favorite classes. And, you know, it's one of those classes where it's like, it's only supposed to be 50 minutes and it feels like it's three hours. And at one point I got up and went to the bathroom and another guy in the class was clearly just staying in there, um, avoiding being in class. And I went back and I told the teacher, because if I have to suffer, everybody has to suffer. <laughs> Did that guy get in trouble? I don't, I honestly, I don't really remember. I, I think so, like nominally, you know, it was like middle school and the guy was like hanging out in the bathroom. I think at the end of the day, like really, like I got in trouble more cosmically because that's just such a bullshit thing to do, you know? <laughs> that dude also needs to spend his, his time outside of class in better ways. Like once you've gotten out of the class and you've decided you're not going back, maybe don't spend it in the bathroom. You know, you might want to go to a couple of a other great point. locations. <laughs> yeah, weird choice. Weird choice by that gentleman. That leaves one last person. It's Mr. Letourneau. I'll go first. So I'm all over the board on this. Connor, I can see doing it because he's a man of integrity. And I and like I can see him taking things really serious. There are lines I would imagine that if he sees you crossing them, he would definitely have no problem letting you know and anybody else knows so you face the right consequences. But I also, you know, the whole uh, snitches get stitches thing, I can see that resonating with him too. So I'm going to go no. I'm going to go no, but I think it's because he hasn't had, he hasn't seen somebody crossing one of those lines. So he would, but he hasn't yet. Marcus, what's your guess? Ooh, um, I'm going to go no. I don't really have a good reason why, but Connor's my boy and Weber stayed all the way. Yeah, great radio. Thanks, man. That's fantastic. <laughs> way to go into detail. Maxine, what do you got? I say uh, yes, but here's the deal. You know, um, uh, whistleblowers are American heroes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and if the line is crossed, I appreciate I it's over that... bathroom visits. 
That's right. That's where the line is. And listen, if you, <laughs> you know, honestly, just to just to point out, I think Bram, you've really opened this up for me. This was like therapy because now I realize, like, I shouldn't feel bad about this guy. You know, <laughs> a smarter person would have been out living their lives and taking advantage of this. So, like, he should be back in class. Clearly, he needs to be educated if he's going to squander his existence like this. But anyways, yes. Yeah, I didn't mean to throw you back into your feelings on that guy. So whistleblowers, <laughs> American he- heroes. Is Connor an American hero? Um, the the closest I can think of being a quote-unquote whistleblower or being a tattletale or telling on <laughs> someone or what have you would be uh, there have been two separate occasions where I have seen someone plagiarizing. I've seen another journalist oh, there you plagiarizing. Go. Uh, one was of my own work. Um, one was of a friend of mine's work, uh, and I emailed their respective editors, uh, to highlight the fact that their employee was plagiarizing. Uh, one of them just genuinely blatantly didn't care, uh, and just didn't even do anything. And I was like, (laughs) wow, uh, cool. You're, you're running a really upstanding organization over there. Um, the (laughs) other one, the employee got reprimanded, um, and deservedly excellent uh oh, that was fun and i feel like i was kind of right they crossed a line that you absolutely would not see crossed and threw them under the bus let's get to our last name it's not sexy it's not even unexpected it's one we've kind of been waiting to talk about for about a year and a half because he's finally done with miami the name is andre Iguodala. start with the player connor do you think andre wants to come back um Hmm. I think Andre would come back, but I think Andre cares a lot about money. And I think Andre is trying to, uh, I think Andre is trying to wring out every last bit of earning potential he can in his career. And so I don't see him coming back because the Warriors wouldn't be able to afford him. And I don't see him taking a pay cut to come back to the Warriors. So that's I just don't see that happening. But um, you know, would he like to come back? Sure, but not if it meant taking less money than he could get elsewhere. That's a great take. You've changed my answer because what I was going to say is Andre doesn't immediately fit this because he's already got a ring. He's got a few of them. He's got them from us, so he doesn't necessarily have to chase success, right? So what he would be doing is chasing happiness. We know how much he liked it in Golden State, and we know how much he likes Steph. But we also know if you're going to pick anybody in the league who's acutely aware of their own value and probably wouldn't be down to take a discount on it just because he knows what he's worth, it's Andre. And I I wouldn't have added that second piece. Now that you have, I will. I think you're right. Um, So I heard you. He wouldn't want to just for purposes of this. Let's pretend he would. Would the Warriors welcome him with open arms? Would they like him back? I mean, if they could get him for like a vet vet minimum deal, yeah. 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 But – I mean, we can talk about a lot of things that aren't going to happen. And that's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm always open for things that aren't going to happen conversations, but let's, uh, we'll save that for the next that, That's about what I've realized about covering the NBA is that's about half of what the job is. Oh um, yeah. I mean, what I've realized about having a podcast, that's about 95% of what this and, job is. And when I first started covering the NBA, I think that was about 10% of the job and now it's literally 50% of the job. Let's speculate and write about things that are never going to happen. And I actually was talking to our friend Wes Gilbert about this yesterday. I was kind of giving him 
a little bit of crap because he's been writing a lot about these potential trade snares that are never going to happen. I, I told him, look, I understand why you're doing it. I'm just not going to do it though. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just over it and I'm not going to do it anymore. Like, I'm tired of writing about things that aren't going to happen. So I'm done. I'm going to go write about minor league baseball and call it a day. <laughs> Which has been excellent, by the way. Um, for those who have not checked out what Connor's been up to, I mean, I, I cannot suggest the uh, the minor league series more. Although, Connor, help check my math on this. So if I'm right, basketball writing at this stage is 50% bullshit stories, 25% real stories, and then 25% college basketball trivia. Am I about right on that? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I, thought, uh, I thought I was on the money. Uh, Marcus, Maxime, Andre, give us your thoughts before we get out of here. Um, I don't think he would do it, but we would definitely w- welcome him with open arms. The only thing I could see why he would do it is if his um, kids still go to school out here in the Bay Area. And if it means that he has a fast track into some type of ownership thing, that's a longer play um, versus just a checkers move of, of getting money in a contract, uh, more of a chess move for um, what's next in his career since he's winding down. Maybe they could do that thing where Lakeup suggests, you know, quote unquote, suggests some uh, investments for Andre, um, you know, use the venture capital angle to make him a little bit more money off the books so that he's still enriched, but taking the venture minimum. Maxine, where are you at? Yeah, you stole my take. That's exactly what I was going to say. And that's a decent reason why he might actually come back. You know, I think we saw that, uh, Obviously, players are able to travel a lot. They have second homes, all of that sort of stuff. Um, so, But nonetheless, Kevin Durant, I think, really took advantage of his time off the court in the Bay Area to invest in Silicon Valley. But that point aside, you know, I think Iguodala just came out talking about um, how he thinks Steph deserved to have the finals MVP in one of the three seasons that he could have won it. Um, and, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him coming back to help Steph win that finals MVP. You know, it's not necessarily about ring chasing. I think for him, it's bigger than that. Um, I think he really cares and loves Steph, um, cares about and loves Steph. And I could see that being enough of a motivation coupled with some of these off-court financial incentives. We're getting out of here. Let me be transparent before we do. While I was putting together these names, each time I wrote one down internally, I was like, up, oh, Bram, you've done it again. Like, what a great suggestion. You're going to blow these guys. Connor's going to be like, oh, you should come work for the Chronicle. I can't believe I haven't thought of any of these people. Then we actually do it. I give you five names. I get five resounding no's. No, 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 no. So apparently I didn't blow any of your guys' socks off. It is what it is. Connor, you were awesome. You're always awesome. I'm not alone. Where can we go to find more Letourneau? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at con underscore cron. Read all my stuff at sfchronicle.com. Um, I'm, as, as a lot of you probably already know, I've been kind of expanding my scope beyond the Warriors a bit this offseason. Um, I actually have a big story coming out tomorrow on the Oakland Roots. Uh, I got I got another story coming out in a couple of days on the strongest 13 year old in the country who lives in uh, lives in Oakland. So. Uh, you know, if you're, if you want to take a little break from the Warriors speculation, you know, read some of my non warrior stories. I will use this time to repimp what Connor just said. Uh, I, I have been watching him develop his work. If you liked what he did in basketball, you'll like what he does off the, uh, the basketball court as well. With that in mind, go Warriors. Hopefully we'll see you guys next week.
Good, good.